This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Hi, this is Shane. And this is Virginia. And this is Wait, You've Never Seen, a podcast dedicated to discussing well-known movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen. And today we're discussing, wait, you've never seen the Muppet movie? Muppet movie! Oh my goodness. Um, I actually don't really have trigger warnings for this one. It was pretty kid-friendly. It didn't have a whole lot of issues, so... Besides a beloved, uh... Muppet Frog getting his legs threatened. I mean, there is that. <laughs> there is that. By uh, Charles Durning. Charles Durning? Hopper is yeah. the character's name. I'm sorry, I was saying the actor's name. Because he was in... He was in... Anyway, uh, moving on. You're lucky I, you're lucky <laughs> I remember Hopper, because I'm terrible with names. So, what three things... Did you expect from this movie? Well, first, I expected Muppet Road Trip. Oh, of course. You got it. Oh. Um, I expect Miss Piggy to be inappropriate because that's what Miss Piggy does. Yeah. She um she maybe violates some boundaries in expressing her love for Kermit. That's all. Okay, so lastly, I thought since there were no humans on the poster, that meant there wouldn't be no humans in the movie. Because, uh-huh. like, I think with the Muppet Christmas Carol, isn't Michael Caine on the poster for that? And he plays... Michael Caine. <laughs> pip, pip, cheerio. Oh, my God. Uh, so, I almost only want to ask this question. Did you expect to like it? Um, it's the Muppets. Of course I expected to like it. <laughs> so I gave you give it, it four stars. Ooh, Okay. It had a lot to live up to. Yeah. uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what is your one-sentence TV guide summary of the Muppet movie? The Muppets embark on a road trip to Las Vegas so (laughs) Kermit and Miss Piggy can have a quickie wedding conducted by Animal dressed as an Elvis impersonator. Like all of these. (laughs) I want to see that movie. (laughs) So... The Muppet Movie, 1979, rated G. A cool 95 minutes. Mm. Kermit and his newfound friends trek across America to find success in Hollywood, but a frog legs merchant is after Kermit. No! So it definitely was a road trip movie. Yes. Definitely. Um, Miss Piggy wasn't as inappropriate as I thought she'd be. Um, of course, I realized in, like, the opening scene when, um, Kermit is singing Rainbow Connection that there will be humans in the movie because, uh... Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise. I was going to say Melvin P. Thorpe. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) He rose right up to Kermit's log. Two things I did not expect was I didn't expect it to be sort of... It wasn't... A musical in the way that I did musicals. There were a lot of songs. Yeah. But it wasn't like a full-blown, like, song and dance number thing happening, except maybe once or twice. Right. Like, that's a... Like, the Muppet Show 
there were way more like song and dance numbers. And then I also didn't expect it to be a Muppet origin story. I was I was totally just expecting like a road trip of friends, not a road trip to become the Muppets. So it's really along the same lines as like uh, White Christmas comes to mind as like one of those one of those road comedies from like the forties and fifties, like Bob Hope and Bing Crosby Road to Wherever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, like the and the fact that Bob, Bob Hope is actually oh, that's is right, actually in it himself, as yes. well as a lot of like sort of old, old Hollywood. I recognized a lot of people. Yeah, we we can get to the, we can get to all the all of those cool cameos in a second, but um, but yeah, and in those like road show, you know, road to whatever, uh, they weren't exactly musicals, but they did throw in songs and little numbers. Mm. So it was kind of a tribute, really, to I see to so, those old movies. So even though it wasn't exactly what I expected, I still liked it. Okay. So I'm keeping it at four stars. Okay, you uh, you got what you uh, mm-hmm. more or less what you were hoping for. Oh my gosh, that the the scene, and I'm kind of jumping ahead, I guess, but the scene where <laughs> where Miss Piggy and Kermit meet for the first time, and she. She's like overwhelmed by this romantic, uh, <laughs> romantic. Uh, what's the word? Uh, the the romantic montage, right? Of all of them falling in love and getting married, and uh-huh. that like slow motion, and one of them falls. Doesn't Miss Piggy? That's pretty. That's pretty. Miss Piggy falls. <laughs> like oh, Miss Piggy. Writing the scripts for these things must be really difficult. In fact, Jim Henson has said that. They would have these meetings about scripts for things like this, and when you're dealing with something visual and it's a puppet, you can't just write. If you just wrote down they're running and then one of them falls, like that doesn't necessarily like. How do you know that that's supposed to be funny? Right. Instead of just like it could have been sad. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's 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 entirely visual, and you just have to go and do it in order to make it. You know, make in it order work. to make it work. Yeah. Um, how does Kermit ride a bike? Well, so you're getting ahead of... So I have that on my list of things. So there are two camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roger Ebert said that he just wants to believe in movie magic. And he just said, you know what? Kermit just rode that bike. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Right. But the Jim loved doing things like this, where you literally say out loud, which is what you did. How did that? How do they do that? Yeah. So Kermit is you see you see him from from top to bottom, completely. You know, mm-hmm. you completely see him and the bike. Uh, He's pedaling the bike. Pedaling the bike, yeah. So it's done in lots of different ways. Um, first of all, there's there's radio control, uh, radio controls that actually uh, make the bike move forward. There's a little radio control that uh, moves his mouth, but it's pretty rudimentary. It's not um, when a uh, when a when a puppeteer's hand is in there, they can like kind of scrunch the face up to to look annoyed. They can do all kinds of little 
subtle things. Mm-hmm. So all of that subtlety is gone in the bike scene. Right. But you're overwhelmed by, oh my gosh, look at this. In some places, there's a there's a third wheel that you can't see that was smartly hidden. So oh. it's, it's a tricycle, even though it doesn't look like a tricycle. Huh. Um, and sometimes there are wires on top, uh, wires up, up above. So where there's no third wheel, there's no... So they did it a couple of different ways. So you're like, well, it's probably this. And then they do it a different... They use different techniques to sort of trick you. So as soon as you think you found the answer, that's not the answer. I see. Like a good magic trick. There's lots of... It's covered in lots of lots of different ways. So if I may... Yes. If I may right here say that I, I love... I love, love, love the Muppets and Jim Henson. Um, not just the work... Not, I mean, the movies and the show and everything is wonderful, but just Jim's work ethic and devotion to quality and the technology that he all he had to invent essentially to make all of these things all of these things a reality. And it was all done like a lot of the whenever you want, like we uh, Ginny and I, uh, Virginia and I are sitting at a table with two chairs, and if we had a third seat around this table. And it was a Muppet. Mm-hmm. We would need to get a chair back that looked just like our chair backs, mm-hmm. but with no seat. And then there'd have to be a pit dug three or four feet down, so the 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 puppeteer could be down in that hole and they could lift their arm up with the with the Muppet on the end of it uh-huh. to interact with us. There'd be a monitor down there because the, he's totally he, he totally can't see anything. The puppeteer. So he has a monitor down there with the with a picture of the scene as it's happening and a microphone. There's this whole like setup that they invented. So the Muppet can interact with us in real time and we could all be ad libbing and saying different things and the Muppet could be, you know, uh-huh. interacting with us. So a lot of things on the Muppet show, like whenever there's like the bike scene. Like, oh my goodness, that's that's amazing how'd you do that? Because you usually don't see like below a Muppet's waist. Right. So that scene the very first scene when Kermit is sitting on the frog uh, on the frog. On the lily pad? No, on the Well he's log. on a log, but yeah. Um, singing Rainbow Connection. He is in water, completely surrounded by water on that log. So what so Jim was down there in a diving bell. Man, what? A, they built a diving bell. It was only four feet tall. It was only four feet tall. He was over six feet tall, Jim. Tall guy. What? So a big giant tank of water. He's essentially buried alive. They put a rubber thing on top that could put a sleeve, and then they were able to put Kermit on top of there. No, man. He was down there for as much as three hours at a time, folding his giant body up into this little diving bell. That's dedication right there, because no. (laughs) Yeah, can you imagine the pressure of Dom DeLuise needing to get his lines right? (laughs) There's a man risking his life for his art. Right. <clears throat> so, well, yeah. if he was in a diving bell, how did he work? Because we talked about this when uh, when the scene first came up, is that uh, Kermit appears to be left-handed, strumming his 
guitar or banjo or whatever it was he had. Right, because and, Jim is there with his right his right hand up. Right. Working Kermit's But I'm saying mouth. in the diving bell, how did he had his right hand up? How did how did the other hand work as well? He just was like all. Oh. There's a rod. There's a puppet rod connected to the. Um, all of that just went up the. There was like a rubber sleeve, and then you have Kermit. Uh huh. So it's like a. So no water could get inside the, inside the diving bell. So yeah, there was just a little um, a little puppet rod that you, pretty much don't see. They figured out a way to like. I don't know if it's actually run down through Kermit somehow. Like when he's... Because when he's playing the banjo... It's banjo, right? I think so. I'm not sure if it actually goes through the banjo. Oh, I see. So, so, uh-huh. the, so, the, so the puppet rod you're not quite seeing. I'm not exactly sure. Speaking of the way that um, the Muppets move, um, there is a one scene with Miss Piggy where it just... It amazed me how they could make a puppet look like she was sashaying into a room. Like, because it's just some person's hand. Frank Oz, right? Not some person, Frank Oz. Right. (laughs) So he was able to move his hands in such a way that she looked like, you know, she was on her way to the the Academy Awards or something. (laughs) Like, yes, I am a queen walking into the room. Moi, c'est moi. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Frank Oz was one of those people who they said that sometimes um, a performer will put, and by the way, I'm saying, I'm saying Muppet performer or puppeteer, never Muppeteer. Jim thought that was getting too gimmicky. I to see. To say Muppeteer. Um, but it's so catchy. People say it. Actual Muppet performers use it because they want to get... Haunted by Jim's ghost, I guess. <laughs> so Frank, sometimes it would it'll take a Muppet performer a while to like they they'll put they'll put a monster on their hand and then they'll just work out the character. It'll take a while sometimes. Frank could just like pop a a Muppet on his hand and just know what that person that that creature should be. Mm-hmm. And that's kind like Miss Piggy. They didn't really she, she was. Designed for the background, uh, her name is Miss Piggy. I'm not sure if this is true, but I wrote it down anyway, so it was. Um, her, her name was going to be Miss Pe- uh, uh, Miss Piggy Sue to do a. They're, they're doing a parody of Piggy you know Sue. Peggy Peggy Sue. Oh my Sue. god, that's amazing! So they say that there's one. One little thing that encapsulates the each Muppet, mm-hmm. um, and for what Frank, Frank would say, what Frank would say about um, about Miss Piggy is that um, she's she has lots of rage and anger, and she's like an angry truck driver, but. <laughs> She's trying to be a glamorous yes. star. Yes. But every, so she's like, "Ooh, Kermy!" And then every once in a while, she's like, "Watch it, Bob!" <laughs> All of a sudden, like you see, so you see, you see that anger coming, <laughs> that rage bubbling. So, in the script, Miss Piggy was just supposed to smack Kermit for doing something, you know, inappropriate or something that she didn't like. And Frank, 
Frank decided brilliantly to have her karate chop him. Oh my god, that's where the karate chop came from? <laughs> yeah, because he's like, no, like she wouldn't just slap somebody that she didn't like. <laughs> she has this rage. Right, right. <laughs> so she's going to karate chop you. Oh my goodness. <sighs> Miss Piggy. She's something else. I feel like I was going to say something else, but I forgot. Womp womp. Maybe I'll remember. So another one of the tricks they did was Fozzie Bear is driving that car, the Studebaker. Oh, really? Studebaker? Studebaker? I just remembered what I was going to say. For Because there may be some people listening who are not aware of who Frank Oz is. The same person that did the voice and puppeteering for Yoda in Star Wars is the same person that does it for Miss Piggy and Grover, a few others too. Yeah, Did Gonzo, he... I think. I don't think Gonzo. No, he's developed and performed by Dave Gulls, Glues, Gulls. Let's see. So in the Muppet movie, he was Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Animal, Sam the Eagle, and Doctor Bunsen Honeydew, I think. Oh, he's been in a lot of stuff. 70. 79. Oh, that's John Zan. Okay, so... Oh, it cuts off. It cuts off. But um, Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, and Animal, definitely. Anyway, I'm sorry. So, another thing about the, the puppeteering. So, the... So, Fozzie Bear is driving that car. Yes, it's not like on a flatbed where we just see the outside of the windows like they do in some in some shows and whatnot sometimes it is because that's easier but we do see (laughs) see them just driving off Mm -hmm. so what they did was they in the trunk they they rigged up the car so a stunt driver with a monitor could drive the car from the trunk oh my god because if you think about it too you also need down there you can't have any real seats down there there's human beings performing those two characters. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they're, like, underneath the seats. Probably. See... Or, like, through combina- the back of the seats. There were, there were combination... There's always a combination of stuff, you know? So there might be times where they did use, like, radio-controlled, you know, mouths. Oh, I see. Just to move around a little bit. But when you see any, like, real articulation, they cram themselves in that little tiny space. Wow. So let's talk a little bit about. Oh, do you have a thing? Um, I have a couple of a couple of things, but I don't know if there's a particular order you want to go in. Well, I was going to mention the the comic and screen legends in this movie. Oh, okay. First, I want to say that I love that there were open auditions for frogs in the newspaper. <laughs> it just said open auditions for frogs. <laughs> like, I don't know. I thought that was funny. Um, what's with the, what's with the Harry Krishna running joke? Like, that seemed to come up a few times. Yeah, like, what was it? Like, the, like, the, oh, if you're searching for answers, Harry Krishna is the answer. Yeah, I just didn't know, yeah, I just didn't know if, if that was like, um, I don't know. Well, Harry Krishna used to be 
used to walk through the airport and hand out flowers and mm-hmm. I think they had more of a presence maybe in the 1970s. That's what I was thinking. That's why I was I didn't really catch on to that joke. So I was just wondering if there was some explanation that maybe you had that I do not have. That's as far as I that's as far as I get. And then I loved that when the Muppets all got to the studio finally, mm. that the studio head just gave them the standard rich and famous package. <laughs> Played by Orson Welles, of course. Of course. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I just wish I could walk, walk in somewhere and give me the rich and famous package, please. Just the rich part would be good. I don't really need to be famous. I think famous would be kind of terrible. Imagine being f- famous and poor. Yeah. Because everyone would recognize you, and then like, they're like, "Oh, you're probably you're probably going to your yacht." It's like, no, I'm going to my job. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was all that I want. I have a cameo that I'm not sure will be on your list. So if you'd okay. like to continue with your list, please, sir. So we well, we've already mentioned um, a few of them. But there was also uh, Milton Berle, Richard Pryor, Steve Martin, Madeline Kahn, Mel Brooks. So, do you have do you have one that wasn't on that? There are more um, than I just mentioned, but Big Bird trying to get to Sesame Street. <laughs> yes, that's true. I Not love old that. Hollywood, but. St- uh, yeah, a good origin. A good origin story is always fantastic. So Jim always insisted on the Muppet Show that he always kept a list of guest stars and their home addresses. At one point, a beautiful book of the Muppet Show came out, and he made sure that all of the guest stars got a copy of it. Oh wow, that's cool. So and at a certain point, the Muppet Show became like the thing to go do, and agents were trying to get their stars onto the. The Muppet Show? Was it a was it a Saturday morning type of thing, or was it a prime time during the week kind of thing? I believe it was prime time, like either Friday night or Saturday night is when it originally aired. Okay. Um, yeah, so I imagine it was pretty easy for them to, for them to get all these stars. You know, it was the first movie, so you wouldn't think necessarily that it would be easy to get a bunch of stars, but. I see. This came out at about the height of the... I think The Muppet Show had one more year after the movie came out. Uh, So I always think it's funny. Like, I I always think it's funny the the fact that... So when when Miss Piggy and Kermit are sort of having, like... um, When there's something sort of romantic happening between them... Mm -hmm. Frank Oz and Jim Henson are down there, like, six inches from each other going, Ooh, give me a kiss, Kermie. I bet they're really kissing down there. <laughs> I bet they are. you got to get the sound I, effect. I, do, I just want to see, not the, not the Muppets, but just what Jim, <laughs> what Jim and Frank, I want to see their body language. So would that be <laughs> behind the scenes or under the scenes? Under the scenes? Under the scenes. Yes, in this case, it would be under the scenes. Under the scenes. Under the scenes. Sorry. Can I talk about the end scene? Yes. So it included over 250 Muppets. It's pretty much every Muppet available in the New York City. 
Oh, when they shop. became the rainbow at the very end? Yes. Oh, that was nice. I like that. So there were two shops, one in London, that was for The Muppet Show, and one in New York City, that was primarily for Sesame, Sesame Street. Street. They needed a performer. Well, they wanted a performer for each Muppet. They could have just had lifeless Muppets back there not doing anything. Mm-hmm. But because it was a movie, it was going to be on the big screen, they wanted a performer for each Muppet. So a casting call went out for people willing to, to learn Muppets. And uh, a young John Lasseter, who later went on to uh, found uh, Pixar, or co-found Pixar. Oh, really? Yep, he went out. Um, he was a animator at Disney at the time. And a young Tim Burton. Really? Who later went on to become Tim Burton. <laughs> who we up. will be discussing in our next episode That's with Mars true. Attacks. Ack, ack. So, uh, do, are you ready to talk about the Bechdel test? Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, there were there were three named female characters. Uh, are you including Miss Piggy? I am including Miss Piggy. Okay. Um, I thought Miss Piggy would be the only female Muppet, but I had forgot. What was the name of the band? The Electric Mayhem. Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, I believe. Um, there's, uh, uh, one of the singers is Janice. Yeah, for sure. I, I was so funny that she's a valley girl. It didn't, it didn't occur to me when I was a kid when I saw that. Oh, for sure. But Miss Piggy and Janice never talked to each other. And then Miss mm. Tracy is the studio assistant, the studio head's assistant, mm. and she never talks to Miss Piggy or Janice either. So they do have three named female characters, but they just don't talk to each other. That's true. Prairie Dawn doesn't make a doesn't make an appearance. True. <laughs> is Big Bird? Is, is Big Bird what? I don't is know Big if Big Bird is. I really don't know. I think they refer to him as a he, but I'm not sure. Hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, like I said, I I thought for sure Miss Piggy would be the only female Muppet, and since I wasn't sure there would even be any humans in it, I did not expect it to pass anyway. Right. So you didn't have a an expectation to let down, really. Although Miss Piggy does name when when we first meet Miss Piggy in the beauty the beauty pageant, <laughs> and she gets her crown, and she's like, "Thank you, Emma Sue. Thank you, Mary J." Like she. She names two of the contestants that are handing her the flowers and stuff, oh, but they don't, they don't say, say anything, anything back. back to her. Mm. Not even like congratulations, Miss Piggy, or whatever. That would have, yeah, that would yeah. have been a pass, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, pop culture references that you now understand. I mean, I feel like I've seen enough of the Muppets to really, um, to really get a lot of the pop culture references. I do really understand the um, the sad Kermit singing on in the pond somewhere, you know, Rainbow Connection. Like, I didn't know what movie that was from. I see. So I made that connection, but it wasn't something I was unfamiliar with. Would you say that you made a Rainbow Connection? Well played, sir. <laughs> well played. Um, so yeah, that was about, I mean, I knew about Miss Piggy and all of that stuff. I didn't know their origin story but you don't really have to know the origin story to um enjoy the muppets it's true muppet christmas carol is my favorite your favorite version of uh... we're marley and marley <laughs> Ooh. <laughs>
So how would this movie be different with today's technology? Well, I have a question for you first. Okay. Is from an animation and puppeteering standpoint, what advancements have been made since, well, 79 is 40 years ago this year. Yeah. That would have, would make it either better or worse because, I mean, we have the original, or not the original, the prequels of Star Wars, which have shown us that CGI can be bad if used incorrectly. Yeah. But would Jim Henson have used CGI incorrectly, or are there other options that are now available? I'm interested in the technical side, although I have I have other items. Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. Uh, I think there are ways to use CGI mixed with walk what they call walk around characters, like when like Big Bird is a walk around character. Um, there's a way to do it. Um, and actually, it's J.J. Abrams prefers to do it this way. Like they'll put a they'll put Simon Pegg in that like. Oh right. Big. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the character's name, but he gives. He's like one half portion to uh, yeah <laughs> Daisy to, Ridley's character uh, uh, Ray to Ray yeah. Um, so it it is really a big rubber suit. But if they want to do anything, any real articulation with the mouth and whatnot, they can just superimpose. They can put uh, CGI on top of that. You know, they could do um, they could do Kermit on the bike like they do BB-8, where it's like a oh. guy in the green the green screen suit. Yeah, that pushes him from pushes BB-8 from behind. So you could have like a green se- green screen suit person running beside or the. the- the bicycle or whatever or the bb-8 sometimes had a third wheel that was green right sort of stabilized him Mm -hmm. yeah i would so jim henson died may 16th 1990 i just looked it up oh that long ago i thought i thought he lived into at least the mid 90s uh yeah I, i thought so too i mean i think was it brian his son brian took over um I still remember that sad cartoon, and I can't remember if it was when um, Walt Disney died or Jim Henson died, where it's like Mickey Mouse and Kermit sitting there with their arms around each other, like, oh, sad. we grieve with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. I would have loved to have seen what, um, what Jim Henson himself would do with CGI. You know, I mean, there were some, there were some little things, there was a... A computer animated owl for that was put in the beginning of I think the la- maybe labyrinth. Um, oh, I forgot he did labyrinth. I love labyrinth. Labyrinth is very good. But yeah, I would love to see how he would. He was a Jim was a bit of a um, like a uh, a technology guy, like uh-huh. all, all into gadgets and whatnot. So. It would be really interesting to see, like, okay, Jim, there's no, you know, there's no limit to what you can do with this. I think people still want to see Muppets made out of felt. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's foam. that's Muppet. You can't like, yeah, I can't imagine a Muppet movie without actual Muppets, like a CGI Muppet movie. Just it, it doesn't seem right to me. I mean, I guess they could make that the texture of the Muppets look just right in CGI, 
But I don't care. No. Just, I, I need the puppets. <laughs> it. They'd be going out of their way to make something that they could make for about 50 bucks at Michael's or another right, right. hobby. <laughs> Hobby shop. So, um, I had a couple of things um, from not the technology standpoint. Is that Kermit gets his feelings hurt a lot, which is understandable because Miss Piggy like ditches him to talk to her agent or you know set up a um, an audition or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, in in today's world of cell phones, she could just be like discreetly texting him. Although Miss Piggy is hardly discreet, <laughs> but. You know, she wouldn't have to just ditch Kermit, you know. Oh, she would have her phone on, the ring on, uh, all the way through a movie. Yes. Like, it would be, that, that's what it would be, right? Like, the uh, someone's phone would go off during, they do like that meta thing where they're making a movie about kind of making a movie. Right. <laughs> so, they would, every once in a while, they go back to the theater. Uh-huh. So that that would be one of the scenes, right? Like, somebody's phone goes off, and everyone's like, who is that? And, and it's Miss Piggy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <sighs> Bit of a narcissist. But, uh, and then um, Kermit and Fozzie get lost when they're moving right along. Moving right, right, moving right along. Um, well, and I doubt... Studebaker's come standard with GPS, but I mean, it might have a handheld GPS, which, but that crack. takes the, that takes the fun out of road trips sometimes. So I don't think they would really want to do that. That's true. I think I don't think Fozzie would figure out how to use it if he had. He, he'd figure out a way to put in the wrong address or something, like head to the North Pole or something. Like he's looking to get to Hollywood and he accidentally puts in Planet Hollywood <laughs> in. Somewhere in Iowa. Right. I could totally see that. <laughs> um, that's all I had. Do you have anything else? Yeah. So, watching things like this and The Muppet Show, I remember my dad laughing so much more than us kids watching <laughs> watching it with him. So, I realized that there were lots of jokes I wasn't getting. But it's not because... It was, like, filled with, like, double entendre and things like that. It wasn't like that at all. It was just, you know, references, all these references that, you know, and to movies and books and songs and things that a child just wouldn't, just wouldn't get. Well, like, the, the hippie, the hippie band probably made him laugh a lot more than it did <laughs> y'all who didn't live through the 60s. <laughs> Right. I, I remember being kind of scared of that band when I was a kid. <laughs> they uh, are a little scary. Like, like Dr. Teeth and... Like, Animal is pretty vicious on the drums. Yeah. Yeah. You know what the variant... I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to how they make these things. Jim insisted on making a the big giant animal because like, he takes those, those super growth pills... Animal takes the oh, super growth pills yes. and scares Hopper at the very end. Yes. They actually made a giant thing that was house-side. Um, Shut house- up. A house-sized animal? Yes. 
that that Frank was able to somehow like manipulate. Oh my god. I thought that was yeah, I thought that was just some kind of green screen or model like, or something yeah, like you that. Use, <laughs> you you use the uh, the animal you have and just make a miniature house. Right. For him to crash. Wow, I never would have guessed that. Yeah, it's it's impressive. It's impressive when you when you think about it being a live scale I'm not sure how how many feet tall he was supposed to be, but over a hundred, got to be. The other thing uh, that I didn't quite get as a kid was the references. Uh, like Hopper kind of looks like Colonel Sanders. I noticed that. And also the 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 frog legs. They had big giant frog legs. It was the sign. Kind of like the golden arches of McDonald's. Did you ever see Coming to America? Uh, no. <gasps> we have to watch Ooh. Coming to America. Wait, you've never seen Coming to America? No. With, um, don't tell me, Eddie Murphy? Yes. And Arsenio? Arsenio. I believe so, yes. I know of it, yeah. There's, there's <laughs> like a McDonald's reference in there, too. Anyway. Okay, I'll add that to our list. Okay. Anything else? Okay, well, see, you have to stop saying that because I'm always going to have more to say about the Muppets, but just real briefly. Okay. The the speech at the end about, like, um, hey, you want me to, like, sell stuff, and I just want to sing and dance and uh, make people happy. Uh-huh. You know? I, I almost did a Kermit the Frog impression, but I decided not to. That's essentially like Jim. Like Jim got started doing commercial work, and it got really successful. And like his, the like his people around him, his money guy was like, "Just keep doing this. You're gonna make a whole bunch of whole bunch more money doing these um, these cute little cartoons and for stuff." And he's like, he had he had a bigger he had a bigger vision, and he wanted to sing and dance and make people happy. So he decided to do that rather than go all in with commercial stuff so he he, he even um, he really limited and was very careful about how how they even marketed um, Muppet uh, merchandise and stuff he, he oh said, really he said okay we're gonna do we're, we can sell puppets like that that makes sense but he didn't want to just slap it on you know slap a Muppets logo on everything I see like yeah. they did with Star Trek and Star Wars well yeah there was no Pointless Spock helmet. Right. See, we almost got through this without mentioning uh, Star Trek. <laughs> no, we talked about Frank. Well, yeah, Star Trek. We talked Star about Wars. Star Wars. Frank <laughs> Um But yeah, I mean, think how how many generations have enjoyed the Muppets now. You yeah, know, it's amazing. Like that one man's dream has turned into things that we fondly remember for our entire lives, which is kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. I'm w- because I keep saying anything else, and you're like, "Yep, I have more." So I, I, w- I wasn't. You weren't going to gonna say it. <clears throat> so that about wraps it up. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, and also on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network at cosmicpotato.com. Rough transcripts and links to what we talked about are available on our website at waityouneverseen.com. And we're on Facebook and Twitter under WaitYNS. You can also email us at waityouneverseen at gmail.com. Leave us some feedback and let us know if you have any suggestions for movies, for movies we should watch. And also let me know if I've ruined them up for you by 
pulling back the curtain. <laughs> That's our show for today. Next time we'll be watching Mars Attacks! Akak! <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>